ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly video game podcast releasing every Thursday. I am your host, Alex Stadnick, and as always, I'm honored to be joined by the chilly one, Alex Van Aken. Hello. Hello. Yes, I got my COVID booster and it's starting to hit. My So if you see f- sweat on my forehead, my hair is not done. It's not because I didn't shower today. It's because of the... <laughs> The vaccine booster for wait, sure. Wait, it's not only because you didn't shower today. <laughs> exactly. Course, yes. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Glad to be here, Alex. Glad to have you. Join us each week as we bring you the latest news, reviews, and big man swag your eyes and ears can handle with a rotating crew of GI editors and special guests from around the industry. Didn't forget, just reorganize. Mm. That's how we do it. This week is a big one because we have Sonic Frontiers cover story reveal chat coming up here. We have a Cuphead DLC review chat coming up and so much more. But first, let's introduce the first member of the panel, the online content director himself, Brian Shea. How's it going, Alex? How is it going, other Alex? Which one am I talking to first? You'll never know. You'll never know. I You're feel damn like right. we know which one it was. I think we all <laughs> knew in our hearts who he was talking to. Yeah, it's true. I don't want to make Alex feel worse, but uh, I'm so happy to be here to talk about uh, the Sonic Frontiers cover story. I've been working on this for literally over a year to try to get this like squared away and like figure out something that we could do together to get our boy Sonic back up on the cover of Game Informer magazine. Like it's the last time Sonic was on the cover was 1994 for Sonic and Knuckles. And really? then prior to that, it was 1991 for the first Sonic the Hedgehog game, which was on issue number one of Game Informer. A little trivia for you there. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's been a long time coming working with uh, like Sega and Sonic team to try to figure out something cool that we can do. And I think that we pulled it off with this issue. For sure. So what is what's cool? Like, I'm going to lead you with this one. Ready? Mm-hmm. What is cool about the Sonic cover? What did you get to do? What did you get to play? Like that kind of stuff. So I traveled uh, last month to Burbank, California, and I got to visit the Sonic Team headquarters, which I've done a few times before, like back when I was doing like the, uh, I have a suite of Sonic features that are on GameInformer.com that you can go check out. And um, I traveled to Burbank, California for the Sonic Team US headquarters, and I got to play for three plus hours of Sonic Frontiers. Wow. And it's funny because you may have, seen them shooting like a Sonic Central or maybe had them like like you may have seen the Sonic Central last month where it was just like kind of like, hey, here's some new footage of Sonic Frontiers. Here's some like information about Sonic Origins and then like just kind of like a rapid fire, like almost like their own uh, Sega Direct, if you will. I was there while they were shooting that. Like I was in the office. It just so (laughs) happened to be the day they were all shooting that. So they had like a camera crew. They had like a Sonic, a person in like a Sonic mascot costume running around uh they had takashi azuka just like chilling and like every once in a while they'd bring him on camera and he'd like shoot something i walked into a shot by accident and they had to reshoot it how um, big was their camera was it an over, over the shoulder one or was it a little small one i'm curious i think they had the over the shoulder variety oh okay. they had some pretty mm. uh pretty expensive looking cameras cinema camera maybe yeah maybe. either that or one that's really old one of the two <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually really... one april o'neill used in the turtles movie oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> i really hope they kept your scene in too i didn't watch the sonic central so they I'm just not. oh boo oh well well <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So you but, get to meet your hero. Sonic was in the building. Like Sonic was in the building. Uh, they say never meet your heroes, but I would disagree because Sonic, uh, he was a man of few words in real life. Like they wow, I could yeah. not get him to say a single word, which is weird because it's kind of rude. 
Big it's kind of yeah. like when you like you know like there are like you see like Twitch streamers who are sometimes very outgoing on their stream and you meet them in person and they're kind of yeah. quiet and reserved. I think it's just one of those scenarios, right? Mm. Like was he was he statue like? Is that he a, was. He, he didn't move yeah. either. Hmm. It was just, Interesting. But, but Shadow held a gun to my head. I posted that on Twitter the other day. That's <laughs> not wow. okay. Shadow, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> they have a shadow statue, and apparently it's tradition that everybody takes a picture with like acting like he's like about to <laughs> to kill you. Jeez. <laughs> what? Oh my god! <laughs> it's from kid. the Shadow the Hedgehog game where he has a gun. Uh, bring your kid to work day. All right, kids, come get <laughs> murdered by the hedgehog. But yeah, like that, that was a uh, a picture that I I definitely took. It was a photo op that I gladly took part in. Um, but yeah, the the meat and potatoes of this visit was uh, playing Sonic Frontiers, which I did so for over three hours. Wow. Okay. Well, let's do a general setup then. What for people who don't know what Sonic Frontiers is? Do you want to kind of like key them in on the the, the spark notes of this? Uh, sure. So it is, they're calling it open zone, which uh, I, I would just say it's a it's an open world, but potentially with uh, the way that I'm kind of interpreting it, this is not something that they have said directly, but there are multiple islands. So I think that what they're doing is they're probably in the way that like Mario Odyssey considers every single open area, like they don't consider that an open world game, but every single individual area is like an open world into itself, right? Right. Like uh, you go to the, the area with all the dinosaurs like that is kind of like an open world of itself. Open kingdom. You could kind say. Of like, for, yeah. Kind of like the planets in Mass Effect. You could say that. Yeah. Similar, or yeah. or Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, stuff like that where it's right. it it's like kind of segmented open world. That's what I think that this is where the island I visited was Kronos Island. And that's appears to be the first island in the game. And you know, you kind of get into this gameplay loop of uh, getting into the cyberspace levels that they just revealed during the Nintendo Direct Mini. Um, and those are like kind of linear. Sega kind of shies away from using the term linear to describe their their Sonic levels just because there's branching pathways. But the way I describe linear, or the way I would define linear is there's a defined start point and a defined end point, right? So like Mario 3D World, I would say is a linear Mario game. Mario, mm -hmm. even Super Mario World, where there's multiple paths you can take, is a linear Mario game. But they, Sega uh, prefers not to call it linear. So I just called it more of a traditional uh, like stage, where it's okay. like you're running from a point A to a point B. There's different paths you can take, but ultimately you're, you're going to end up at the same goal. Those are cyberspace levels. And those actually, I played through about six or seven of those. Those seem to all be based off of past Sonic levels. And Interesting. So like I played through one that was Green Hill, I played through one that was Metropolis, I played through a chemical plant, one that was like, I think, was it Rooftop Run of Sonic Unleashed? Um, I, I'm not sure if I was 100% correct on that one, but it was, it seemed to be based on the Sonic Unleashed level because it had like the Eggman robots and everything in there. And they mm. all have like kind of the uh, the traditional Sonic badniks as well, because when you're out in the open world, there are different enemies. It's not uh, yeah the Alex badniks. The uh, <laughs> when you're out in the open world, it's like kind of these new style of enemies. But then when you go into these cyberspace levels, because they're based uh, when we confirm this with Takashi Azuka, when you're out and you can you can see more of that with the rapid fire interview that's going to be going up fairly soon here. Um, it was it's kind of based off of Sonic's memories is oh, what oh, Azuka okay. said. And so when you're going in there it's the enemies that would traditionally appear in green hill zone are appearing in that cyberspace level that appears to be based off of green hill zone and so like motobug okay. and and other other enemies you would expect from like the first level in this first sonic game 
And so you play through that and then it dumps you out into the open world or open zone and I'm running around and I'm solving puzzles. I'm unlocking new areas. As you unlock new areas, this is actually something that was kind of uh, novel, I thought, was they don't want you to use fast travel all that much. There is fast travel in the game, which you can unlock through finding these creatures called Coco. And there's Hermit Coco and Elder Coco. And uh, you can use them to upgrade like Sonic's speed or his ring limit or his uh, strength or health. And then once you find them, they can act as traditional fast travel points. So you can go into the menu and say, oh, I want to fast travel to this character. But rather than they than them wanting them wanting you to use that, if I could talk, um, it they want you to use kind of like the world discovery and world like traversal. So as you open every single new area, rails populate the the world more often. So like hmm. it's like, all right, I want to backtrack some more and go back to that area. I remember there was like this collectible that I kind of passed up. I want to go back there instead of having to fast travel and kind of take yourself out of the experience you can just hop on a rail and it takes you back faster. Right. Um, and that that is something that I thought was a pretty novel way to make it so that it's kind of keeping you out of the fat, the menu-based fast travel and kind right. of gives you a fast travel mechanism that is within the world itself and plays up to, you know, the character's primary attribute, which is speed. So that's a that's a good segue into my, my next question. That when I hear, like, a developer doesn't want you to use fast travel even though it's available to you. My head instantly goes to the Insomniac Spider-Man games where traversal and movement were so much fun that I never wanted to fast travel, right? It was always just more fun to swing around the world. How does movement feel and speed feel in, in this game now that you've actually gotten to play it? So I'm actually pleasantly surprised by how Sonic feels when you you get your hands on the game because... Going into it, I was concerned like, all right, well, he's either going to feel too slippery or too fast in the world like he has in like past games. Like think about like Sonic 06. That's like the worst case scenario where he just feels like slippery. He's like sliding all over the place, especially in like Mm -hmm. the kind of like the linear boost areas where he's like, oh, no, I'm falling behind. I got to catch up. And then he like runs and just it's completely uncontrollable because he's going so fast and he slides all over the place. That is far from the case. But then the other extreme I was also concerned about, which was, all right, well, is, are they going to like try to rely too heavily on making him like more like an open world character where it's like a lot of weight to him, which then, you know, that might be maybe more conducive for open world exploration and traversal and everything. But it's not Sonic, right? But I think they found a, they struck a happy medium here where it's like it, it's it, he feels fast. He feels light. But he also feels like he's attached to the ground. He doesn't feel like he's just kind of hovering over the ground or like slip slip sliding all over the place. He can also like the traversal feels good, whether like you're doing the light speed dash or like a double jump. Um, There's also uh, you can climb walls and then in certain walls you can run up the walls, which uh, felt pretty good. It's like a kind of a high risk, high reward because like. You know, it's easier to make a mistake when you're sprinting up a wall and you're trying to climb than it is like if you're climbing, but it's a lot faster. And some of those were like one of the puzzles out in the world that I had to solve to open up a thing was, all right, you've got to you activate the puzzle and then like a timer appeared on the, the, the screen. And it's like, all right, you have like a minute and a half or something to get over to that tower that you can see and climb it all the way to the top. And it's like, all right, well, do I want to try to sprint up it and then grind the mm. rails or do I want to? methodically climb up and then platform like there were a couple of different ways to get to the top there That's and cool. i really liked that about it um and then like the puzzles were actually pretty diverse and they started off very simple obviously it's like all right well 
you know, turn all these statues so they're facing the same way. And it's it took me like five seconds. And there were other ones where I got the new ability Psyloop, where you can do like a blue streak behind Sonic. And if you close the the circle, what it does is it like performs different effects. So if you just do it like an open field, it like generates rings. Like it just creates rings in the middle of the circle. If you do it around enemies, it will uh, do AOE uh, damage to those enemies. And like it's good for crowd control or like it'll take out armor that the enemy has. What happens if, if you do it around an at at? You do it around an at at, they will fall and uh, okay. burn, and then uh, they cool. will. You can kill them. You'll save. This off. is what the mechanic yeah. reminds me of. Actually, with the <laughs> uh, with the the tower boss that I fought, um, you could use it instead of doing like the the combo, the attack combo that that Sonic. Has. So like for combat, you can do the traditional homing attack, and then when you get close, you can do like you can just mash that button, and it'll he'll do like a combo, like a melee combo. Or you can do um, like a parry. So like whether it's an mm. enemy that will attack and you could actually time it right and parry and do a whole bunch of damage and then finish them off that way. Or you can use Psyloop to do damage that way. Um, and then you can also, there's all kinds of different uh, abilities that you can unlock. Like I looked like there was one called uh, Sonic Boom, of course. <laughs> and it actually reminds me of Guile's Sonic Boom from Street Fighter. Because like in mid combo, like he'll throw out like these kind of like sharp bladed projectiles. And then there's another one. Um, oh God, I think it was called Excel Rush, where if you get your uh, actually I have it right here. Um, Wild Crash makes it so you can run at enemies with a zigzag pattern automatically. So it avoids their attacks. And then uh, Excel Rush gives you increased power when you max out your combo meter. Hmm. So like there's a bunch of un, like unlockable abilities. Some of them are tied to the story. Other ones are just when you get ability points, which you get through like defeating enemies. Okay. Um, and then uh, you know there are I, I fought four different world bosses. I fought the ninja, which was like this kind of like sleek, fast robot hair, with like doesn't work with women. Yeah. Yes, that there. one. Yeah. Uh, he has blades for hands. Uh, <laughs> he had to fight him. He was really good to use the parry on. Mm. Um, and then there was the tower, which I was talking about before, where you kind of like destroy it segment by segment, which was kind of nice because like it, it's really satisfying to just keep knocking him down and making him shorter every single time I land successful attacks. Right. And then eventually it's just like his head left, and you have to just blow that up. There was Ashura, who is like this like six story tall monster that he'll slam his hand down, and then while his hand is in the ground, you run up his arm and then destroy the spires. And there's like three mm. spires on his head. So you have to, and each time you have to run up his arm, there's more obstacles and fewer like boost pads. Okay. And then uh, my favorite was the flyer, which is like this dragon that you approach in the open world. You like see him off in the distance, just flying around. Then you can like wait until he swoops down and like gets to an area where you can jump on his tail. His tail is kind of like this long ribbony treadmill type thing. And you run along it. And when you're running, he'll, he'll turn around and shoot like projectiles at you. You have to use the shoulder buttons to dodge while you're trying to get fast enough to reach his head on this like treadmill tail land an attack and then he'll land and it turns into like an arena style battle oh interesting so okay. it's it's really cool and also like uh, approaching that tower that i was telling you before where it's it's literally just like a, a a giant tower thing that can float around and shoot projectiles at you as you're running at it you can also use the shoulder buttons on the controller to dodge like really quick on one direction and you have to do that to like get close to them. If you're not, if you don't have that ability unlocked to uh, like run at a zigzag, you're gonna have to use those shoulder buttons to dodge the projectiles. And it's really satisfying to to do that. That's the kind of stuff that I want to see, and I'm excited to see what other like world bosses they have. Um, but yeah, like that's it, it's really fun so far. I'm enjoying the the loop of like going into cyberspace, 
getting uh, vault gears, which will help you unlock a Chaos Emerald. And it's like, all right, well, I need more, so I need to go into another cyberspace level. But I don't have enough keys to get into the cyberspace uh, uh, shrine that I want to go into. So in order to do that, you have to go hunt down world bosses and get their keys which will let you go into cyberspace and then depending on how you do like there are optional objectives like finish with this number of rings or finish within this time and the more objectives you complete the more gears you get towards unlocking the next chaos emerald and that's kind of the loop okay. and then like you're ultimately trying to save your friends because when you start off the opening cutscenes were uh eggman getting sucked into cyberspace uh, after he was trying to take over the ai that or whatever whatever ancient secrets this island holds they basically activated a defense thing to suck him into cyberspace and he got stuck and then uh tails amy and and sonic were approaching the islands and then they got sucked into a wormhole and then when sonic got out of cyberspace he was alone so you're trying to save your friends as well okay interesting i was gonna ask what the story is and it just sounds as ridiculous as as i was thinking (laughs) it was gonna be so um go i want to go back uh to combat because that for me was the biggest worry for this game Mm -hmm. i I talked on our ngt right where i was like you know i'm fine with somewhat like uh not desolate but like uh not as populated spaces pokemon legends arceus one of my favorite games of the year i can't throw stones um the combat worried me it didn't seem like much was going on but hearing you talk about this there seems to be a lot with the dodging systems and the different power-ups did it did it feel satisfying to you in your three hours of play yeah so i didn't unlock uh that many ability upgrades like new abilities but yeah like i think that it's not super engaging it's like uh, it's not devil may cry let's like get rid of (laughs) that delusion right there like it's not going to be like an amazing like the combat is like the third attraction to this behind like traversal and speed okay and like it's fun like i had a good time uh fighting the ninja like all these bosses give you like different uh like attack patterns and movement patterns you have to consider and there's also enemies within the world itself it's not just like the bosses that you have to worry about like there's one that's like this tire that like you attack it and if you let it chase you for too long or you attack it it like almost like it starts flashing red and it's about to explode so you have to run away from it before like until it explodes if you stop it catches up to you and blows up right on you there's another one that's like this like spherical enemy with like this like blob like armor all over it and you have to land successive combos over and over and over again until you defeat all of the 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 armor but you also have to stop and time it accurately because if you keep attacking when it like electrifies itself Mm. it'll knock you back it'll give it'll hurt you and also it'll give it time to regenerate its armor so like the first time i fought him it took me like i mean it felt like 10 minutes it was probably like three minutes to beat this this singular enemy and then there was another one that was like this kind of like it was like a heavily armored like like metal armor and like it just seemed impenetrable but what i did was i used a siloop attack on it and it opened it up for damage and then I landed a combo on it. But like, they seem like they have, they've thought through like, what ways are we going to engage the player in like different ways? And it seems like they, they did a really good job with kind of varying up the, the, the approaches you have to take to fight these enemies. Here's his quote from Takashi Azuka, the chief creative officer of the Sonic brand right now. He said, in addition to high-speed action, the other big part of Sonic Frontiers is fighting enemies. In previous Sonic games, combat was kind of like an accent that gave the high-speed action a sense of rhythm. This time, we're adding a greater sense of tension and tactics to the combat. All the enemies have been designed based on tactics, 
And then he said, I can't discuss how many different types there are, but there are several types. Okay. So we have not seen all of them yet. Do you know how many upgrades or like how many different attacks are going to be available to players when the full game launches? I don't know the full number. Um, It was, I mean, it wasn't like a a completely unmanageable skill tree, but there were probably like, this is a total estimate. I almost hesitate to give an estimate, but it was like, probably like nine or 10, maybe a dozen, maybe, maybe like, yeah, maybe like. 10 to 12 and I, again that's I just didn't... moves or was that also health strength like no kind of those, those, that's those a separate upgrading? thing okay. the, yeah the the health strength speed and ring limit upgrades are tied to the the hermit and elder cocos which you get through like delivering um uh, different collectibles to them gotcha okay cool okay i mean yeah this all sounds uh very a lot more engaging than i was anticipating so and um, like uh, one thing that like because the world traversal has been a hot topic over the the course of the last several months as like the footage has begun to emerge and the thing that i've said on all things nintendo uh which is my nintendo focused podcast and as well as other podcasts is like the you can't have the same density of the world when you have a character that's moving as fast as sonic like Breath of the Wild Link is probably moving one fifth the speed of Sonic in Sonic Frontiers. So you can't have that same density uh, in a game like Sonic Frontiers or else you're just going to be running into enemies and obstacles constantly. So that's perhaps why the world looks so empty to people who haven't played the game. And of course, like, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to admit that I'm wrong. If somebody gets their hands on it, it's like, oh, no, I was totally bored running through the world. Um, I think that it was more of a like it, it just off like right off the bat. Your first concern is, oh, my God, look how there's like nothing populating this world. The enemies are so far apart. The op- like there's all this empty space. And I think that's intentional because you you have to have the right time to engagement with with your enemies, with your obstacles, with your puzzles and all that stuff. So it's like it, it would feel overwhelming and annoying, I think, if you had like a similar density as you do in a game like Breath of the Wild. For sure. And maybe that I, plays to their advantage because, you know, they that way they can have a, a world that doesn't have as many things and it allows them to run things very well on Switch. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I'm still concerned about how this big open zone, open world game is going to play on a Nintendo Switch when you're running that fast through it. And like the it's pretty high fidelity graphics. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how it runs on Switch. But, you know, I played a uh, PC build. Mm. Yeah. You know a game that I've been playing lately that um that has a completely empty world? Uh Shadow of the Colossus. And mm. that game is incredible, one of the best games of all time. So I'm not really, you know, too concerned about uh depth or, or rather uh you know, like volume of things in the world. Right. As long as there is depth. That's what I was trying to get at. So mm-hmm. you know, empty open world. Hey, if it serves the purpose of the game. Um, who cares? Right. Well, and I think people are unfairly judging it, right? Because, and I think companies just need to stop doing green overhead shots with a piano medley in the background. You're going to get the Breath of the Wild comparison every time. Stop it. Um, We've only seen one of these open zones so far, right? Have they, has the team talked to you about like the visuals of some of the other spaces that we're going to play in? Did you see any of that? I did not know. And and okay. when I tried to bring up like any additional biomes, uh, they shut up pretty quickly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wasn't sure if we if you got anything on that. So no, but um, I am what I what I kind of surmise is like the ultimate gameplay loop. Like I gave you kind of like the micro version of the gameplay loop, but I think macro, you're gonna complete all those things, 
get all of the chaos emeralds on that island and then have a giant boss battle because there are these titans that you have to take down and i encountered one of them in like a cutscene, and like basically like this pre this like mysterious character was like hey don't attack you're not strong enough and sonic of course tried to attack and got completely wrecked mm -hmm. and he's like well i need the chaos emeralds to fight that thing so he's like going around collecting the chaos emeralds and it's uh it's i think that the the ultimate loop is going to be do all these missions on each island collect the chaos emeralds i don't know how many starfall islands there are so that's the that's the name of the island starfall islands i was on the first island which is chronos island and i think that once you do that boss battle you lose the chaos emeralds again they probably then you reset on a new island and probably have to do it all over again um i don't know what the missions are going to be they're probably going to evolve in some way that's that is my guess again like that's not confirmed by sega but like based on hours of playing and talking to the developers of, of frontiers mm -hmm. that is kind of what i i gather will probably be the cycle right Interesting. And did they talk about what characters are going to be in each world? I know we saw the prequel thing with Knuckles, but have they talked about Amy or Tails or the rest of them? So Amy and Tails are definitely in the game because I saw them in the cutscene. On on uh, Kronos Island, I am uh, you're you're working to help Amy escape cyberspace. So by doing that, you go around the world and you're collecting hearts, which are like a symbol of like what that character is all about. I would imagine you're going, and as you do that, by the way, it progresses the storyline. You unlock different missions involving Amy and like what she wants to accomplish in order to get out of cyberspace. Like for her, it's like collecting the Cocos and like helping them. And like, they're all lost in the world. So you're trying to like regain them. Um, but I would imagine Tails would be the next one. Since Knuckles is starring in the prequel, it would make sense that maybe he got sucked into cyberspace over the course of the prequel animation. And I will say, uh, I don't think this is a spoiler because I have it in the cover story. But I found our boy Big the Cat. You did? I did, yeah. Wow, Biggie Smalls himself. Look so, at that. And it is a fishing mini game that he has like his own little pocket of cyberspace. Okay. And he has a fishing mini game, and you find these special coins out in the world, and you can trade those for uh, attempts to fish. And then, based on how well you fish, he'll give you rewards, and you can trade the rewards he gives you back to him for with his shop and he actually has some pretty good stuff in his shop he has like stuff towards ability points he has uh chaos emerald vault gears which will get you closer to getting the next chaos emerald he has cyberspace keys so like there's a lot of good stuff in his shop i didn't spend a whole lot of time doing it i i, I caught one fish and then i was like all right i'm gonna I, I get it i'm gonna go back out into the big world because that was more important to my cover story than spending <laughs> an hour fishing with big the cat right He's the he's the Duke of this game. It would it would seem, um, yeah. From from Resident Evil, oh, which yeah. is funny. <laughs> which is funny because uh, the original voice actor of Big the Cat was John St. John, aka Duke Nukem. I love this. This is the this is what you come for here in the Game Informer show. <laughs> we we um, need to mod both of them into Resident Evil. Yes, <laughs> Big the Cat. Yes, that would be great. <laughs> Getting chased by Duke. But uh, I will say that I also asked about characters. The man seems to know things. Yeah, he seems to know how this game is going to progress. He said <laughs> the story begins as Sonic, Amy, and Tails visit undeveloped Kronos Island and are separated by a mysterious phenomenon. Sonic sets out alone to find his missing friends, but this is an undeveloped land that no one has visited before, so we won't be seeing a huge cast of characters. Okay, gotcha. But That's I would, weird. again, because Knuckles appears to be the star of the prequel animation, 
Uh, I would imagine that's probably going to end with him getting sucked into cyberspace. So he, he might be the third character you have to rescue. And then maybe there's some other characters. I don't know how many islands there are. I don't know how many. That That's, again, this is all theoretical what I think is going to happen based right. on like educated guesses of my my play session and the... Uh, the like my interviews with the the sonic developers right because what that feels like a sub of subjective term a little bit like what is a huge cast of characters when it comes to sonic you know what i mean like basically in in my loose fandom all we haven't mentioned is like shadow at this point and like i feel like that yeah, there's blaze there's almost silver, everyone right? there's, yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of characters we haven't mentioned in the sonic fandom yeah um, um is there yeah. Yeah. Is there any other juicy tidbits from the cover story you'd love to impart on our, mm. our beautiful audience before we say goodbye? You know, I, I would just uh, say go read the cover story because it's a lot more cohesive than my scatterbrained thoughts <laughs> on this podcast. Cool. All right. Uh, but well, yeah, Sonic uh, GameInformer.com slash Sonic Frontiers will have the rapid fire with Takashi Azuka that we shot. Mm -hmm. We shot that in person, too. It's the first in-person yeah. rapid fire in quite some time. What did um, we say since Jeff Kaplan and Overwatch 2, right? Probably. I mean, yeah. ever since the, the the pandemic hit, we have been doing them remotely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's been almost two and a half years now. Boo! So, <laughs> it was nice to have an in-person rapid fire. Those always go better, I think. Yeah. And then also, uh, you know, we'll have additional interviews. Uh, I have an interview with Ian Flynn. I have an interview with uh, Kishimoto, who is the director. Um, and then I believe Marcus will have some stuff as well. And... and uh alex i believe you'll have some some additional video stuff eventually we will see um cool Alrighty, well that's an awesome look at sonic frontiers our beautiful cover is there a way people can get gold i've seen a couple of people tweet about it and ask about it are we doing any sort of giveaway or anything like that um i am not actually sure i think that's going to fall on our our fearless leader andrew reiner uh Alrighty. to figure out the the gold situation but i will say like if you haven't seen our cover art already like so we got um a, Sega, we got through Sega, Evan Stanley, who is a longtime artist. She has worked uh, for both the Archie and IDW Sonic comic runs. She's also done, I think, freelance for DC Comics and some other publishers. And uh, But she knows the character inside and out. And she created one that is like the main cover of Sonic Frontiers. Uh, and it's it, it's it's just Sonic using the Psyloop ability that I talked about that leaves the blue streak behind him. And he's like exploring the big open world. And then there is uh, our gold cover, which is an homage to issue number one that I had mentioned before was the, cool. the Sonic on the cover of that. And it's a modernized version of it. So it's not just like a, a you know, pixel by pixel recreation. It's like absolutely gorgeous art. Evan Stanley, again, knows the character so well and just creates beautiful art time and time again. Cool. So, yeah, be sure to go check that out. Gentlemen, I don't know about you. But I'm craving a chili dog. I'm going to go get one. And then we'll yeah. Get right yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the GI show. We are moving into the playlist. We haven't done a playlist in a minute, I feel like, because we did uh we were doing uh the SGF reactions, right? We did the the predictions and stuff like that. So it's been a minute. I yeah. Can't, I can't think of a better person to start the playlist again with than the I watched Obi-Wan, so the Inquisitor of Indie Games. Uh Jill Grote is here with us. Hello, Jill. Oh, hi everybody. Uh, I hope I am not going on the dark side for those indies, but you know, I'll do it if I need to. <laughs> that's, that's Sometimes the you got to do that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jill, it's been a minute since you've been on the show. How uh, tell the people how you're doing? How what's life been like? 
I'm doing good. Y'all seem to be dealing with all kinds of wild weather out there, and I'm just sitting back enjoying my lovely 70s and 80s, and summertime is here. You know, I've been, you know, busy like everybody else. We've been doing summer showcases and, and getting a lot of cool news, getting a lot of cool indie news, and I'm excited to sort of share what I've been uh, playing with everybody. Yeah, great. Let's launch into it. So, uh, unfortunately... Uh, Marcus Stewart, who is doing the review for this game. This game couldn't join us today, but RIP, everyone, man. Uh, <laughs> um, Jill, you and I have been playing a decent amount of Cuphead, the last, uh, the delicious last course. Um, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on it because I, uh, I've gotten my hands on it. I'm very much enjoying it. But Jill, we can we can start with you. This is, of course, the fabled DLC that they've been working on for quite some time. I think we established it was 2018 it was announced. Um, so it's been a minute, but I'm happy to say I'm I'm about 20% of the way through it, through with it, and it's exactly what I was hoping for. Jill, how about you? I would kill to get to 23 percent done through it this <laughs> yeah. is not a game that is made for me uh and my ability to get through levels uh i have an absolute love for cuphead just the wild amount of animations and how beautiful it is i love that it exists uh but it I am never going to finish this game. Uh, but I did get a chance to play it during the Tribeca Games Festival. Uh, it's the second year that Tribeca has done a games kind of section. Usually, you know, Tribeca is known for its film festival. Um, and they're now honoring uh, different games and usually a lot of indies, which is really nice um, for their narrative uh, or other kind of interesting aspects artistically mm-hmm. um and i jumped into cuphead and played through the first boss and made not, it a he's he's not technically the first boss but okay. he is one of the he is yeah uh if if y'all would like to see what she's talking about uh its name is Mortimer freeze and we actually have an ngt on the site if you are curious but continue jill <laughs> um and made it about halfway through that fight to like the phase two where Mortimer turns into or summons a large snowman who completely bowls me over. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's where I am with the game and it's it's fantastic and I did play the first one and it does feel just so much more intricate somehow. Like, there's just so much more to it, even though you're doing about the same things. Uh, there's a lot more to sort of catch the eye. Um, so it's just a completely, I love this experience. If this is the kind of game that you enjoy playing, you're going to love it. I I feel <laughs> I haven't obviously played it all the way through. Um, even if you're someone like me who these sort of run and gun type games are not usually your thing, uh, mm-hmm. check it out just because it is just uh, it's such a blast from the past because i did watch a lot of these kinds of cartoons when i was a kid right uh even though obviously i'm not old enough for them to have been in my heyday uh, <laughs> hopefully or i just i've lived forever <laughs> that's also possible too yeah um, but what are you thinking about it Stadnik? so i really am enjoying this i think it is a thing where if you like cuphead and want more cuphead that's exactly what you're getting but they do some interesting wrinkles with that um Miss Chalice 
the legendary chalice is uh the uh much uh shown new character that you can take advantage of and i think a lot of people were coming into this thinking like oh easy mode right this is what this is going to be no 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 it is not easy mode uh she streamlines some things like she comes equipped with a double jump. She comes equipped with a um, when she dashes, she can um, bat away or she that's her parry. Um, so you're not thinking about like hitting a again to, to kind of uh, to parry. Right. It is intrinsically there. She has an invincible role that you can use um, where she rolls on the ground and you can't get hit in that moment, um, which actually has been harder for me to grasp than uh some of the other moves just because usually I'm not using D-pad. D-pad, it works really nice, but um, on the stick, it, it, I felt like it was hit or miss sometimes. So um, this is the biggest island that uh, Studio MG, MDHR has made for Cuphead, and they do some really interesting things. I don't want to get... So I've beaten probably three bosses, maybe four, and it's like it's hard. I want to talk about them, but I, I feel like it is so... I want people to see it and experience it like you know i think the thing i can say about all of them without spoiling anything is there's a level of multi multi dimensionality that's not even a word i don't know what multi dimensionality yeah dimensionality is a word yeah oh there we go okay thank you yeah it's a big um, word yeah and i just i struggled with big words um <laughs> the, like each boss fight feels to jill's point like a little bit more intricate a little bit more detailed which is really cool cuz one of the big things they stressed to us in the preview events was that each phase they want to feel more um, like there's a new experience going on each time, not just with the bosses, right? But like the backgrounds and, and you know, the things that you're actually doing to stop them. And that's that's true in, in all. It comes through in all, uh, all colors in this. So um, I'm really liking it. Uh, I know Marcus really liked it. I'll tell you all the score he gave it in a, in a moment here. But, um, you know, I, I think if you're coming into this like hoping for this grand new experience you may be a little disappointed right because it's a little shorter right there's not a ton of content there but it's all hand-drawn it's all what you would expect from a cuphead dlc and i think some of the fun of this too is taking chalice uh into the uh um the old game as well to test out her abilities there there's also new uh shots that are very helpful uh, there's one that it acts similarly to uh, a uh, your normal shot, right? But if it doesn't land, it breaks off and then hones in on an enemy, which is great on some of those sections where you are sprinting, like trying to focus on the environment. You can just keep shooting, and um, and you know those will hopefully make their way to the boss. It's not a hundred percent thing because it sometimes would target the mini enemies in the environment as well or sometimes it just straight up misses so it is and then a... you're just cursing it like no <laughs> exactly I needed yeah you, yeah. <laughs> you were the chosen one <laughs> um, two star wars references um so i feel like there is a lot of risk reward in this in this dlc um because you know there is chalice's moveset is very helpful and is is a streamlined thing but you also lose the ability to use charms because how you summon her is cuphead needs to use his charm slot for her so she can be summoned within the battle so you can't add some of those extra perks that you would in a in a normal fight so um 
and her her supercharged attack is is good not great it totally depends on the 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 boss right but i think it's that push and pull of like it is a more it's a more vertical strike so it's like you unleash that thing and if something's above or below you you're set but there are some bosses where it's like you really have to work on that. Like I went back to the first island and there was a couple of times where I was like, I can't even, I can't get to either side of there. So it's like, it renders it kind of not useless, but like it's definitely more applicable if you use her like normal, uh, I keep, I forget what they're called, but the, the special attacks basically. Um, so, um, but those are great too, because it's like ma- basically a mini turret that shoots out, uh, that shoots itself. And then you can parry that into the boss. So um, I really like it. I, there is another mode that they've replaced um, uh, the platforming levels with in the DLC. The platforming levels are still there. The main Cuphead game is largely untouched. The only difference is you can play as Chalice in in this and use those other weapons, right? Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't. It's it's something that they wanted to keep uh, under wraps. I think I can talk about it now, but I'm not positive. So I'm not, I'm not going to touch on that, but there's a, I will say I like the change of pace. It's definitely more challenging, but I feel like it's more in, in the spirit of what, um, Cuphead is versus those platforming levels that I never really liked. So, um, overall I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm excited to kind of like find some of the secrets that I know are there and like start to piece together some stuff. Uh, but I, it is, it is, living up to what I was hoping for, except it's a little shorter than I would like, I, I should say. So, so, um, yeah, I don't know, Jill, any, any other comments, any things that I missed? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I, it's really just one of those beautiful games that I'm so glad exists, even though it might not be a hundred percent for me. And yeah. I, I'm still going to buy it no matter what. So. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Marcus, for those uh, counting at home, gave it an 875, which is a pretty darn good score, if you ask me. So, uh, yeah, be sure to check it out. Like I said, we have a uh, we have a good amount of Cuphead stuff on the site right now. We have um, I did an interview uh, at SGF with the with one of the developers uh, that turned out really great. Uh, We did um, did an NGT. Uh, I have a preview on the site. Uh, We got a lot of stuff. So be sure to check it all out. Alex Van Aken. Hello. You've been playing a, a, a big game or a, yeah. for a big game, I should say. Uh, what, uh, what have you been up to? I played a lot of Shadow of the Colossus. It was great. But then yesterday, the Overwatch 2 beta, the second round, finally came out. Now it's on consoles. I'm still playing on PC. Uh, but it comes with uh, the new tank named Junker Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been having a blast, man. Like, I just... I really don't get the the uh, what's the right word vitriol the vitriol behind Overwatch 2 um, you know I, I there are certainly things that can be improved don't get me wrong but I just feel like they're firing on all cylinders in terms of like this game um, you know all the other stuff happening in Activision you know <laughs> that's a whole different story but Overwatch right. 2 is in a really good place. I really just continue to think that the 5v5 mode, the 5v5 format, and it's not just a mode, they just removed 6v6 and it's all 5v5 now. Mm -hmm. That was such a good idea in my opinion. I know know people are upset that there's no longer two tanks on a team, but I just feel like there's there's so much more back and forth with only one tank on a team 
Um, it almost reminds me of like basketball where like, you know, there's like these big breakaways where like, you know, these moments of drama where they just like get through the defense and go for, you know, breakaway and lay up and like, it's such an exciting moment. Like there's those, those little moments in Overwatch too, where like you'll take a tank out and then it's just like, all right, we got to capitalize on this. Let's take this team down. You like, you're methodical, you take them down and you just like, especially on a, on a game mode, like the new mode called push where you're pushing a robot across the map and then you get all this all you get so much yardage out of that out of that like strategy right but then like oh now they're back and now they're pushing back it's just like this really really fun dynamic whereas i felt in the past you're kind of throwing yourself up against a brick wall with two tanks on a team Mm -hmm. just hoping that like you'll find a crack you know, in the brick and that you can maybe find a way to get through. Um, yeah, I felt like in the past it was all, it was all or nothing, right? right? And I feel like now it's very much a push and pull with one less player on the team, and I really like it. Um, but how do you feel, Alex? I, I mean, you, this is your first time playing Overwatch 2, right? Right, yeah. I didn't play the first beta because I am a silly little console boy, and um, I uh, was punished for it, but <laughs> no, I I did some some capture and some some uh, playtime with Overwatch Two, and loved the new mode. The uh, push was was awesome. It felt right at home with you know the the suite that is the Overwatch Two uh, different modes. Right, I think I was mostly impressed with uh, Junker Queen. She yeah. rips like she yeah. is so fun to use. She is. She has a shotgun that has probably a little, a little bit more range than than like um, uh, uh, Roadhog. Roadhog's shotgun, right? She has a, a throwing yeah. knife that she uses that uh, definitely takes some skill to aim, right? But when it does, it does some um, some uh, electric damage that lasts for a while. Um, she feels powerful. She feels like perfectly tuned speed wise. I went on like you know i went on some good runs with her like 10 15 player kill streaks or whatever but like i never felt like she was too overpowered because i got taken no. out easily as her you know what i mean like i i think she's either perfectly balanced well nothing's perfect she's either adequately balanced or maybe even underpowered compared to some of the other tanks the, the other characters in the game i'll say but right i think her move set is is unique enough that she's still worth playing um mm-hmm. amidst you know whatever comp right she bear with me here for a second she kind of reminded me of moira in that not in abilities right but like when i'm playing moira and i'm on my game there's like a rhythm to it there's almost like i'm not in like a trance yeah. but i'm kind of in the mode right where it's like i am knowing when to switch to destructible or you know the the aoe orbs negative or whatever. ball yeah. yeah the negative ball yeah thank you and the health like and there's kind of a rhythm to it where i felt that with junker queen too where it's like i know i felt like when i was in on her and i've only played her for a couple hours right like i was knowing when to attack and push and stuff but also like support the team by using um whatever her left trigger is which is like it buffs your you and your health and your speed goes yeah. up and and there was just a, a, a nice rhythm with that that I really really enjoyed and I felt myself falling into which I haven't done in a long time like Overwatch Overwatch was my baby for you know a good year I played that religiously after I graduated college right and then I steadily started to fall off more and more and this was the first time I feel like truly excited to play it again because 
with the combination of the new map and the new modes that that I played. I only played push. I know there's some other stuff, and I know that I only played Coliseo. No, uh, no other of the new maps. Um, mm, yeah. But I really, I really found myself really enjoying it. Um, the I think the um, it was nice that they had the because they have the queue right for if you want to pick specifically what you want beforehand which is now tank dps and and support right and that took forever like it's still it sucks that that's i mean it is what it is right i don't love that yeah. system but like they did give you the other option where it's like no roll queue you just jump in and good luck see who you get so um I'm with you. I thought the five v the five v five felt a little bit more controlled, but without sacrificing the beauty of those. Like, oh, like left corner, like she's up there. Like, you know, use your old like that. You know, like that chaos that is Overwatch and makes it that much more fun. You know, so I I really enjoyed my brief time with it, and I do think Junker Queen has a has the potential to be a main uh, a main for me. Um, so, yeah, same. We'll she yeah. she combines Roadhog a little bit because. There's some, there's some, I don't know if you've picked up on it. Maybe you have, but for the listeners, she's got like a surprising amount of depth with her knife. Mm -hmm. So the knife, you can, so if you throw the knife and it hits somebody and you press the knife again, it kind of does the, the Leviathan axe thing where you swing it back to you. And if you have it lodged in somebody, they will be brought closer to you. Like you'll pull them towards oh, you. Oh no, I never did that. Okay. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you if you lodge it in somebody, you can pull it to them like Roadhog. Roadhog. Yeah. Not. It's not like all the. Is they aren't brought all the way to you, but just in your direction. But you can kind of get them out of pocket that way. Right. Uh, and then even if you miss, you can leave it in the ground, and eventually she'll pull, she'll call it back on her own. But you have a a good amount of time to leave it lodged in the ground and you can move yourself and make a line between you and the ax. And if there are multiple enemies in that line, you recall the knife and every enemy it touches, it does damage over time um, with that shock damage. And then any damage over time that you do as her also heals her as a heal over time. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of speaking to Alex's rhythm thing, it's, there's so often where it's like, oh, I need health. Okay, I'm gonna throw my knife out. I'm gonna yank a person, but maybe I don't. Maybe I don't want to yank them. Maybe I need more health. So maybe I'll try to hit as many people with as a knife as possible by throwing it behind them and then recalling it back to me. Mm -hmm. um, there's just like a lot of depth to to Junker right. Queen. And and there's a skill level to it too, though. You can't just like throw it willy nilly. It feels like you need to be pretty precise with that with the throw. If yeah, yeah. So like. But I liked it. I liked the challenge of that. And it, I definitely felt myself more engaged than if I was just jumping into like a team death match of Halo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, and her, her know. ult is filthy. It's yeah. like the grenade from Ana, the anti heal grenade. Mm -hmm. But she like jumps through people and everyone she touches has that status effect on them for like a long period of time. And yeah. when you pair it with another ult, uh, it, it's just pretty nasty. Yeah. Awesome. So what I'm understanding from this conversation is Alex is we're not going to be playing a ton together because we're both going to want to use her. Is what you're exactly. Saying. Yeah. yeah. That's unfortunate. You be Junker Queen, I'll be Junk Rat. Oh. Okay. Um, you know. Two peas they, in a pod. Are they related or are they? Just I was looking both? through the fandom on it. I don't think they're related. He is just a member of the uh, the uh, 
community she the junker like group that she presides okay. over um but i because i was like are they cousins are they are they family but i don't think they are i think she's just like the lovers. top <laughs> lovers i think she's the top dog in in okay. australia down there so yeah um man it, it felt so good to be playing overwatch again i'm not gonna lie it's um, great so yeah um any final thoughts on overwatch 2 beta did you play any any of the reworked heroes maybe from the last beta or just this one yeah i think i played all of them um, okay oh also the new skins i love the new skins they've they've got uh, classic, the classic skin, which is like their Overwatch One skin, mm-hmm. and now most champions, not everyone, but most champions have a classic two skin that is like their new default in Overwatch Two, and just like really cool to see the glow ups. Like Soldier Seventy Six in particular, man, he he had a glow up. Beard uh, looks good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm excited. Uh, I I've played a lot of the characters, the reworks. Um, I don't know if I, I think I talked a lot about them last time. I'm trying to think if I have any other uh, takeaways. I've li- I've literally only played Junker Queen this beta. Okay. Except for like two matches. I'm but. scared. I'm scared to uh, uh, try Orisa because I'm scared I'm going to have a Godfather moment where Marlon Brando walks in and like, look, look what they've done with my boy. No, like, I've, pl- I've played her like, uh, this morning. Her too she, much. Okay. She, they've changed her, but she's not. She's not as powerful as she was um, last beta, but she... Oh, well, you haven't played her at all. I haven't. Like, I haven't touched her yet. Oh, Orisa's so much cooler now. Really? Okay. I I love her now. I used to never play her. Yeah. Uh, Her spear and... Oh, Orisa's sick now. Okay. Well, Uh, She's not as powerful as she was in the last beta, but she's still balanced adequately. Okay. You don't feel like they've nerfed her too, like, into... No. Okay. Alrighty, well, I know what I'm doing after this podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, be sure to go check. Uh, I don't know if we have any any. I know we have stuff on the site, but I'm not. I'm drawing a blank as to what. But I know I'm posting a nine minute video of uh, an NGT of of Junker Queen footage that you can go check out if you're on the fence or are more curious. It's in beautiful nice. 4K, so be sure to check that out. And uh, I can't imagine this is the last time we talk about this game on this podcast. So, um, anyways, that's not all Jill, Alex, I'm going to sit back and let y'all take it from here. You guys have been playing a lot. The, the steam, uh, demo fest happened recently and there's a lot of great games to talk about from there. And I know you both were very interested in, in some of the offerings there. Do y'all want to talk about your, your highlights? Jill, we can start with you. Absolutely. Um, so I'll just go with like the top two, on my list far and above beyond everything else. And I have like pages and pages of notes on the demos that I played. And I have a lot that are starred and that I was particularly excited about. Uh, But for me, just absolutely pooling ahead here are uh, Cult of the Lamb and a game called Nine Souls, which I've not seen a lot about. I have not nearly seen enough about being talked about. (laughs) Yeah. so I'll start with Cult of the Lamb because that's one that everyone sort of here is familiar with. I'm sure a lot of the viewers are familiar with too. Yeah. Um, it is being made. It is a lovely indie by Massive Monster and being published by Devolver Digital. Uh, and it's coming out in August. So I'm very excited. That's very soon. Uh, it is this very, very uh, richly hand-drawn experience. It focuses on this what appears to be a very cute little lamb 
creature that immediately gets sacrificed to the old gods and resurrected to start a cult. Um, and it is all about getting followers and indoctrinating them, and it has a sort of roguelike uh, vibe to it, and there's half of it where you're going out and you're fighting and, like, killing some of the old gods and, and taking on other non-believers. Uh, but then you can also go home and enjoy building up your your home base and making food for your followers and make sure everybody's happy. So there's some there's this weird sort of life sim mixed with roguelike in here. It's just so absolutely fantastic. And the demo, which I believe is still up, if you go to the game's website, I believe you can download the demo. So you haven't missed it, even though Steam Next Fest uh, is over. Um, if you want to play this, and I, this is the first time I've gotten to actually play this game. Um, it plays like butter. Mm -hmm. I am so happy with the way that this plays. It is smooth and so cool the way you get to go to, like, you, you start off with sort of two offerings of weapon and sort of magical attack. Uh, but you find more throughout. And then there's this really creepy, like, card reader who will give you powers along the way as well. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just, and everyone's just so in the world of, like, yeah, you're Lamb, who's a cult leader. <laughs> like, it is so fantastic. Right. Uh, Van Aken, did you get a chance to play this at all? I'm sure you did. No, I didn't actually. Oh my gosh. I know, I know. I'm so uh... upset. <laughs> I was going to, but I was like, that. I feel like that game's coming soon, so I'm just going to like, play soon. other things. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you're going to play, if you're still on the fence for any reason, go check it out. Go check out the demo. The second game that I really want to shout out here is called Nine Souls, and that's nine and then S-O-L-S. Um, and it is from uh, Red Candle Games who some people might remember as the creators of Devotion, and they mm. had a long saga where that game was delisted and they were having some troubles with the Chinese government because of a reference they might have made to the president. Um, but they are coming out with a totally new, totally different game for them. It's an action kind of roguelike, um, hand-drawn uh, the demo was just spectacular. I had my eye on this game for a while just because of the developers and wanted to see sort of what this new, like, how are they going to pull off this totally new gameplay that I've never seen them sort of tackle? I mean, it is just fantastic. They call it Dow Punk, which is awesome. <laughs> oh, okay. It's yeah. a lot like um, some aspects of Sekiro. Because there's some strategy to it. You're not just, just waving your sword around. Um, you are playing as a sort of cat creature. It's, again, another beautifully hand-drawn video game, because I'm a sucker for them. Um, and kind of in this feudal-esque Japan-ish sort of um, realm, but it, with sci-fi elements. And I don't want to like even mess up what, what that means, so go check that out. Um, but the game is not just like, you know, wave your sword around and kill people. There's a lot of strategy involved with, um, like, 
misdirecting people and like um, parrying and building up your ability to like put talismans on people so they can explode. And it's so good. And it's so a combination of this beautiful, like smooth, flow, flowing, fluid action that has very little aggression to it because you are essentially just trying to evade and like you can hit people if you want to but the easier way is to like um build up so you can hit talismans with people but then it's combined with just this absolutely brutal bloody like reaction when people explode like they're not hiding things like it is just such a beautiful uh contrast and and beautiful just because it is an absolutely exquisite game to look at as well. Um, so I really recommend it. I think this is also a game whose demo got pushed through. I need to hmm. check to make sure that that's true. But if you can check out the demo, I would definitely recommend it. This should be on your radar. If you are a fan of this kind of game in general, if you liked Sekiro, if you like um goes to Tsushima a little bit it reminded me of not for like the attacks but you know when you go up to someone and you have the beginning like unsheath your sword moment like it, that really hit me kind of similarly um this is a game you should you should have on your radar okay um so I well go ahead I was going to say, do you know, we know Calls of Lamb is August. Is there any sort of release dates or announcement for, for Nine Souls? At the moment, it seems like they are targeting Q2 of 2023. Just like the um, rest of the games industry. Yeah, okay, so yeah. that's going to be a busy time. Yeah. They are definitely doing PC, and they are also aiming to hit Sony and Nintendo consoles if that happens. So we might have it on Switch. We might have it on PlayStation. So. This, I I cannot, I, I can't put into words how excited I am for this game and how much it kind of shook me to, like, have this demo. The intro is fantastic. I can't wait to see what the lore is going on here. There's, I wouldn't even necessarily call it a twist, but, like, the game is not what I thought it was going to be, even just based off of what just I've seen of it and, and the demo. Yeah. Um, and you end with a, a nice, like, you get a really nice spread of what the uh, action is going to be like. So you start out in a village and sort of seeing what the world is and all of that jazz. You get into sort of combat-heavy area, and then you end with, like, a nice big boss, which killed me several, several times. So this is not a game uh, for, you know, like, the casual walk around. This is an right. intense game. This is an uh, action game, not an or, or not a um a roguelike, right? More like like Hollow Knight to a certain extent. Yeah, a little bit more. Okay, Metro side scrolling, Metroidvania. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Well, I love these kind of podcasts because there's the moments where it's like never heard of this game. Like Tack had this a lot too, right? And Jill, you are uh, exceedingly good at this too. Where it's like <laughs> I have never heard of this game, but like <laughs> now it's all I can think about. Like good please, lord, yeah. Please think about this game if you're watching. <laughs> I just, just turn it off. Get out of your cars if you're listening to us. Like wherever you're, whatever you're doing, stop. We're getting and, reports and that the LA freeway has been <laughs> all the cars have been abandoned because Everybody's everyone's running to their souls. PCs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Inc incredible. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, or do you have any other games you want to talk about? Because, or uh, should we throw? It to I can BA? do. 
I can do a rapid fire, but I want to maybe turn it over to Van Aken to see what his top tops were. Yeah. My top games from Steam. Was it Steam Next Fest? Is that Next yeah. Fest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one I've been looking forward to for a while now is Blocky Dungeon. Uh, finally got to play that. You are you are a it's a dungeon crawler, but you are building the dungeon via Tetris blocks. Oh. Um, and it I, I I still really like it. It's it's I feel like it's gonna need like a little more depth to it. Maybe just the demo was it's a demo, so it's probably lacking, you know that. But over the mechanics of it and like the systems. The base systems are really cool where you're, you know, uh, oh, I've got this, you know, square block. Where am I going to place that? My my person needs health. This block has has a chest on it. And if I get to the chest, I'm probably going to get something beneficial to my adventurer, my dungeoneer. Um, oh, or, oh, this, this block fits where I needed it to go to expand my dungeon. And also... Just like Tetris, when you are once you make lines, you can clear them, and so you you kill all the the uh, enemies on it uh, and get points when you clear the dungeon levels. And so it's like, oh well, maybe this this piece fits in where I need it to, so I can clear a line. But there's this big powerful monster on it, um, so it's a really cool back and forth, um, and and you make some interesting decisions that way, you know. It might be one one decision might be beneficial to the more puzzle aspect, the traditional Tetris, whereas the other might be more beneficial to your actual dungeoneer, your little adventurer that you're you're playing as. So it's a really cool game. Uh, but my highlights were I had two main highlights. Um, the first one, Metal Hellsinger, that game mm. rips. Uh, that game is awesome and is now like one of my most anticipated of the year. Wow. And I was I was kind of writing it off. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's a Doom clone. Okay, yeah, it's a rhythm game. Cool. We've seen Pistol Whip. What like we've seen these games. I was kind of cynical about it. And then going hands-on with it, I was just blown away at how good it felt. Um and as a person who likes music, you know, it just I I honestly like for some reason, as somebody who likes music, I don't play a lot of rhythm games. I think they kind of fail to keep my attention. Um, and when you mix it with with an FPS game, it's just really cool. I mean, it it, it borrows a lot of inspiration from Doom, uh, and you're literally in hell. Uh, you've got a cool knife, though. You've got some different um, ranged abilities and weapons, but you're shooting, you're reloading, you're doing all of that to the beat of the song. And what's really cool is if you get, as you get more points and are on the beat more often and you kind of charge up your character, like uh, vocal screams will start being added to the mix where it's like suddenly like, I love that like, your mic cut out for that. Completely yeah. could not handle <laughs> completely it. Completely cut out. It's just like <laughs> metal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like metal screams. Like, Bro. oh, I d- I'm doing really good right now because the singer in this band is going off. Yeah. Uh, and, and it feels so cool. Um, Question. The way that they layer and reward you with more musical notes and, or not notes, but more instruments in the mix. It's cool. Yeah. Um. So, and obviously you just played the demo, right? But like, so is it a thing where, is it like a guitar hero where it picks you pick a song and then you do the level to that or is it no like, you okay. are it's a linear 
FPS game. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and you know, it's all script. Uh, the songs are scripted. You know, if you're at this level, you're gonna play this song. Uh, but you were going through Doom style, where you're clearing rooms, going through corridors. Uh, it's not like, oh, I'm gonna pick this song and then I'm gonna play. I mean, I'm sure there will probably be a mode like that in the game. Mm-hmm. I would imagine, but the main game is like an a proper campaign. Okay. Um, cool. And it feels incredible. It's so good. I love uh, I love so. that this year is kind of there's a lot of creativity in the the FPS genre right now because like that and Neon White are are very unconventional in that way but are yeah. so satisfying it sounds like I can only speak to Neon White but like this sounds amazing and right up my alley Yeah and they do so much smart stuff with it too like there's an active so you hit reload and you could just like wait for your reload to go or on certain beats it'll so there's a reticle in the middle of your screen and on each side of the reticle are like uh uh brackets and the brackets correlate with the measures of the song and they they kind of come to the center of the screen on the beat um and so that's kind of a visual thing to help you see the tempo as well as you know also know okay on these beats are when i can do things but when you hit reload some of those brackets will change one of the brackets will change yellow and if you hit reload again on that specific bracket, you'll active reload Gears of War style and keep going. And so it's it rules. I love this game. I can't wait to play the full thing. Um, but yeah, it, huge is, highlight. Anyone who's listening to audio, you need to go check out this video. Like the the hand gestures that Van Aken is making right now <laughs> are wild. <laughs> you need to see whatever he's trying so hard to visualize what you will be seeing in this game. Or you can go and just watch the gameplay, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, keep him here. It's it's real good. I can't wait to play more of that. I think it's out August or September. One of those. Cool. Um, don't have the release date on the top of my head, but uh, it does have one. And then, oh, what else? Uh, the last one I'll talk about Terra Nil. This one's been on my wish list for a very long time. Um, it is a, a reverse, uh, what, what do you want to call these games? Uh, reverse city builder. I mean, you're not really building cities, but think of like old games, like, uh, command and conquer, or, I mean, you could just like the, you could go to like roller coaster tycoon or city skylines where you have a blank canvas, a blank canvas of nature and you are building industry on top of it right um and like the end of the game the the, your point of the game is to like monetize this piece of land right and to like have uh a bunch of amusements and attractions to make money right that's the goal of those games this game you come in to a planet after it's been wrought uh with decay from industry and your job is to repopulate and revitalize nature. And so you are laying down the, it's all, it's a very futuristic sci-fi, you know, you're going from planet to planet and, you know, regrowing them. Um, and so you have like these cool machines that if you set this power, this power system down, then you can, you have like a cone of power that you can set, you know, okay, now that this electricity can power, you know, my vegetation builder i'm just throwing out i don't know the real names of the the things in the game and this vegetation builder will now spread grass across this these this rocky wasteland 
And with the grass, you know, there, there are goals that you have. So there are different kinds of biomes. So there's like swampland, um, there's like deep forest biomes. There's all sorts of, of different things. And uh, it's almost like there's an old game on iOS and it was called Alchemy or something where you would combine two things and you would get another thing. Or maybe like uh, think of like Loop Hero. You can combine two cards together and it gives you this kind of, you know, new card. There's no cards in this, but I'm just trying to simplify Right. Uh, the interactions here. So let's say I put electricity down. I put the whatever I said, the grass grower on. Now there's grass, but okay, I need to get butterflies here uh, for this one biome type I need. Okay, so I'm going to put a river down and the river is going to allow me to um, place, you know, other kinds of plants and flowers. Oh, and now, you know, 20 minutes into this level, I have this, this new machine that will let me burn all of the ground around it. So now I'm burning the grass that I first planted, but that now lets me plant a different type of thing. And now I have this, you know, really cool, uh, biome that I need. Right. I don't know. If I, I'm doing a horrible job explaining this, but there are all <laughs> sorts of like these layers and steps to rebuilding, uh, nature. Right. Mm -hmm. And it requires you to you have a certain amount of points that you have to place down these these um, you know tools and these these vehicles and all all your tools to repopulate the earth. Um, cool. And so you have to be smart about okay, do I want to place this you know this riverbed here or should I place the riverbed over here so that it'll I can grow stuff from the the riverbank. It's just a, it's I'm doing a bad job explaining this game, but it's freaking cool. It's a it's a reverse city builder. You're restoring nature. You come in. It's desolate. You regrow it. It's really, really pretty. The animations are great. Uh, and then once you're done, you have to collect all of your tools and your belongings and your spaceships and you have to get out of Dodge. And so you leave behind this pristine piece of nature oh, and you wow. move on to yeah. the next one. Um, That's neat. Yeah, uh, this it's called Terra Nil, T E R R A space N I L. Oh. Go check it out. It's from Devolver Digital. Okay. Um, it's a really cool game. And in my in my notes, I only missed the space. I'm proud of myself for that one. Um, yeah, Terra Nil. That feels thematically very fitting for now. Like the idea of conservation without uh, dwelling in it and and mucking things up again. I I really like yep. that. So yeah. So yeah. if you like, you know the building genre you like planning out cities it's there's the same satisfaction here but it's a more maybe like ideal ideological um application mm -hmm. you know you're actually doing good to the world um and are you saying i wasn't doing good when i let the lions out on my park in nope, not Zoo at all. Oh, well, not at all. Yeah, we're hungry. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like you can build like, uh, like ocean reefs and like beaches. And I'm I'm looking at the biomes now. Uh, you know, there's like fields of flowers, or you you can like attract bees with honey. But to get honey, you need to place it on this certain biome. Oh, there's like it's really cool. It's really pretty. Developers Free Lives. Uh, it's being published by Devolver Digital. Cool. Hopefully sooner rather than later because it felt like finished. It felt like we could 
we could play this dang game anytime now. Nice. Uh, and Free Lives, they're the ones who did Broforce back in the day. So kind of a left turn for them, but I'm really excited to to play more of Terra Nil. Uh, you know, I, I've loved my time with it. So Cool. That's awesome. That's really good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, Jill, take us home. Any any others uh, that you want to uh, highlight before we, we go to break? Oh, I got a list. Are you ready? <laughs> I am. Um, so let's start. I played 30 Birds. It is a beautiful 2D kind of paper art sort of game where you go around corners and you're trying to... There's this whole lore and it is very Middle Eastern in concept um and you are trying to collect a bunch of birds for a reason i don't want to give away but uh it's just beautiful it's got really fun humor to it um it's visually very different than anything else i played please check it out uh anger foot i think is one oh yeah i've heard yeah, of this one yeah that a lot of people would enjoy very similar uh idea to a rhythm shooter but not not really beholden to being a rhythm shooter you're literally you're kicking down doors and you're shooting people and it's a lot of fun um melatonin another one that is this very very beautiful very intriguing um it is a rhythm game it is a like a legitimate rhythm game um and it was the one more thing for um wholesome games showcase and I wasn't that particularly interested when I first saw it, but playing it is so, you get in that rhythm and it just feels so good. And the visuals are this beautiful pastel and it's all kind of dreamy and whimsical and surreal. Um, so please check that out. Um, Lost in Play is a kind of modern uh, point and click. Uh, okay. Very, uh, again, hand-drawn very imaginative very innovative in that way you'll go from in the demo you go from being just this normal little girl trying to get her brother to play with her to suddenly you and your brother running away from like a giant monster and helping you know frogs with hats and like it just goes into weird fun places uh master key y'all know i like uh uh, a Zelda-like game with a fox in it. <laughs> it's kind of your whole brand, yeah. 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 Um, it is a really old-school kind of pixel. Not not even pixel. It's like 8-bit. Mm-hmm. Um, black and white. Uh, but you can change the colors. But it is monotone. Uh, just open adventure game like like the old Zeldas. Like legit, you don't really know what you're doing. You don't really know exactly what everything's going to be fun exploration um and i have to say the fridge is red because blake would be upset with me if i didn't uh it's this very ps1 style graphical horror game i got maybe five minutes into it i got to the elevator scene if anybody played this demo and i was just like no no there's nothing (laughs) about this that i want to be in right now and blake absolutely loved it and i do just want to shout out you know Disclaimer before I shout this out, I am involved with this game. Uh so I'm very biased. Um but I am I am an NPC in a in a game that is coming out. Uh and it's called Spirit T. S P I R I T T E A. And it is a um kind of you're taking care of a little bathhouse uh for the spirits. 
So you're Ooh, it's kind of a sounds spirited like a certain away. anime I like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Concept and it's a cute little pixel game, and I had fun, especially finding myself in it. <laughs> so that's awesome. Those are my uh, those are my sort of top, but I have there's just so many here that I played over you know over the course of a couple of days or I think it was a week of demos. Um, I hope people got to play them. There are a lot of really cool things coming out, and I'm gonna keep trying to cover them. So sweet, that's awesome, cool. Well, Godspeed, my friend. You're you're doing the Lord's work. Um, <laughs> I, are there are are there any previews that you've written that are on the website that you can point people to and that kind of stuff from from this conversation? I don't think that I do. Obviously, we covered a lot of some of the things that came up in the showcases. So go back and watch things like I wrote a write up on the Wholesome Games. It's okay. their second, I believe, big showcase year. Uh, anything that is big. Like uh, Gorilla Collective is going to be big for your indies. You've got a lot of things that came out in the PC shows and and that sort of thing. So go and check those out because those are really worthwhile and those are the things that are grabbing me right now. Cool. Alrighty. Well, that sounds like the playlist. Before we go, I just want to say, I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit in community, but um, I've been playing Steam Deck and it's consumed my life. And mm. I, it is early, but that thing may be one of my favorite gaming peripherals I've ever bought or gaming pieces of hardware I've ever bought. It is playing like I've, I've polished off neon white on that thing. I did rogue legacy two. I'm playing plague tale on it now. And it is like everything, everything I dreamed of with the switch, but like almost better with worse battery life. Like it is, it is incredible. We can talk about it more, but I just wanted to shout out the steam deck because that thing is incredible. And it sounds like they're ramping up production on it. Finally, even more, mine's so. coming this week or next. Yeah, buddy. He's going to experience the dream. Cause I just, I love when I can have a game that I can just like play while, you know, my fiance and I are just like chilling, like, you know, watching a show that I don't really care about or something like that. It's, but it is, Yeah, it's a special, special device. I just wish the battery was better. But anyways, we're going to take a quick break, probably go play some Overwatch, and then we will be right back. Welcome back to the Game Informer Show. Uh, It's part of the show where we talk about housekeeping. Don't worry. If you want to hear the listener email section, it's coming up right in a second. But first, got to give a shout out to Drucifer1985 for sharing a podcast review with us this week. Um, going and leaving, they left a review over on Apple Podcasts for us. Of course, if you want to leave us a review, it really helps us out. You can do so on Apple Podcasts as well or over on Spotify. Jucifer left a five-star review saying, quote, the personalities and chemistry of the GI show has always been the best part of Game Informer by a mile. My favorite part of the game and my favorite part of Game Informer for over a decade has always been the podcast. Legends have come and gone, and I hear new ones being formed. That's very nice. That's uh, awesome. Thank you for being an easy choice for a weekly show to count on. Keep it up. Great work, guys. Hey, Drusifer, thank you so much for that was really nice. For the nice <laughs> words. That was very nice. Um, we really appreciate it. Seriously. Um, it means a lot. So thank you again. Uh, if you're looking to leave a review as well, we of course want to shout you out. Uh, leave an honest review over Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, uh, just like Drew Siver did. 
Uh, this week's streams, we've got stuff coming up on Thursday and Friday, twitch.tv slash Game Informer, 2 p.m. Central. We will see you there. Uh, notable YouTube videos this week. Uh, I've got a really cool interview that I filmed uh, with the help of Marcus uh, from SGF. It's a Street Fighter Six interview um, with Nakayama-san and uh, Matsumoto-san, uh, the director and producer of Street Fighter. And uh, kind of talked about, you know, learning from past mistakes, specifically Street Fighter V, pulling inspiration from past games like Street Fighter Alpha, uh, Final Fight, uh, Street Fighter Three. Uh, yeah, it, just, it was a really cool interview. Uh, had some candid moments in it that was really cool uh, and had had a lot of fun editing that. So go check that out. Alex, do you have any videos going up this week? Uh, none that I'd like to comment on as of right yet. I, have a, I have a couple of things coming, uh, but... Uh, Keep your secrets. Yes, yes. It's you gotta intrigue them. You know, you gotta you gotta yeah. bring, bring them in. So go yeah. check that stuff out over on YouTube.com/slash/GameInformer. Jill, you got anything on the website you'd like to plug while you're here? Anything you you've know, been working on, or I I do have some things coming up maybe early next week. People should keep oh, an eye oh, okay. on. You okay, know, awesome. uh, but I did see a little news thing on an rpg an action rpg i believe called fallen angel so maybe check that out see what that's about okay word yeah well uh yeah let's get into social media plugs lastly and then we'll we'll get out here listener emails if you want to follow alex stadnik follow him at studnik 76 you can follow me at it's van aiken uh, of course, follow Jill at Finruin. That's F I N R U I N. And Brian Shea from earlier is at Brian P. Shea. Lastly, go listen to All Things Nintendo, which is Brian's podcast, Video Gameography, which is our video game history podcast, and From Panel to Podcast, which is our comic book podcast hosted by Andrew Reiner, our editor in chief. Alex, take it away. Let's get to listener emails. Let's do it. I've been waiting. I've been dying for it the last two weeks because uh, we didn't do listener emails. Uh, we haven't done listener emails in a minute because of the yeah. SGF stuff and the uh, yeah. and the predictions and stuff. So thank you for bearing with us, community. Uh, but y'all have given us a lot to chew on this week because this is a section of the show where you write in with your questions, comments, concerns, games, dreams, nightmares, and we read them off on the podcast, and it's a great time. You know it. You love it. Tell your friend about it. Uh, you can do that by writing into podcast at GameInformer.com or joining us on Discord, which Mr. Van Aken is going to tell you how to do if you're not a part of it yet. Yeah, just go and subscribe over on twitch.tv slash GameInformer. Uh, and uh, our, our server should appear for you if you have your Twitch and Discord integrated together over on the Discord desktop app. If you have any issues, email me, alexvanakenagameinformer.com. Perfect. Let's get it popping right now. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, uh, we have a community question about the Steam Deck uh, from Dancing Flower, which I don't know if I've heard your name before. If, uh, if not, uh, welcome. If I have, I apologize, but uh, welcome to the community. Thanks for being here. Um, they ask, will the Steam Deck become the de facto place to play indie titles instead of the Switch? Short, simple, to the point. We love that here. Um, I don't know where y'all at with this. I don't think uh, replace quite yet, but uh, it's working on it. At least from my perspective, it's definitely it's definitely working on it. I uh, I have been pretty vocal about my feelings towards the Steam Deck at this point. Uh, I don't have one, and I am not ordering one. Uh, mostly because I do have a, a working computer uh, that work that runs very well and runs indies very well, and that's where I play a lot of my indie games. 
Um, and the portable sort of nature of the Steam Deck right now is very tethered to battery life. And I really hope that they get that uh, long, they elongate that because if they do, then it is a real like question here of whether or not Nintendo gets its nindies taken away from it. Um, there, I mean, indie games on PC and Steam in particular uh, is still the best place to find them for the most part because there's a very low barrier for people getting their games on PC. Um, so if I were to get a Steam Deck, which, you know, if they fix things, I really do see that I would. Um, this is going to be my indie machine. And I assume for a lot of people, that's going to be the case as well. And it, if it looks as beautiful as I think it does, and it's as convenient as I think it would be, um, I do see a future where Steam Deck can overtake that. And, you know, I think it depends also on whether or not Nintendo is going to do this uh, next generation, whatever they will call it, if they're going to do that. And right. I'm really hoping for that, too. So mm -hmm. that is an interesting kind of in the future fight that I'm looking towards. Yeah. B.A., how about you? I think... Um... It'll be it'll be interesting because I think the thing that the Switch has going for it um, is number one, just like the amount of indies on that thing right now, um, and how I feel like devs are still going to be playing catch up for a while on the Steam Deck, and it'll be a while till things are like routinely verified, like when games ship. Um, also, I think the Switch is just a lot lighter. Uh, it's got, if you have the OLED, it's got a better screen. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's something to be said about that. Um, also the switch just feels great. Um, mm -hmm. but the steam deck, it, it's got a lot of horsepower behind it. It is still portable, even though it has a crappy battery life. Um, and yeah, if you're, a, I, I think there's, it's going to be more competitive, now in the handheld space for Nintendo. Um, I think that's for sure. Um, and I could easily see, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, how long till we start seeing the tweets where, you know, developers are talking about their game and then they've just got floods of people asking when it's coming to Steam Deck, which is what happened with the Switch. With the Switch, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the Steam Deck also is, is pricier, it's heavier, it's not for everybody. But if you have a Steam library built up already, I think it might be the place to play indies going forward. If you've already got that that investment in the platform itself, now you've got a new fancy new handheld that feels really great to play. Right. Um, and just the, even, the, the flexibility of it all, too. And the accessibility. If you're the sort of person for whom a computer feels intimidating and you don't really know how to get around that and you just want a kind of console experience but with these games that you haven't had access to yet like that's a whole nother piece of the pie that steam is is picking up here so right. i don't want to you know that's a good amount of probably indie players are in that space as well um so they there might be something to this right i do i think Alex, your point is is very well taken in that I think name recognition helps Nintendo right now. I think uh, Google Analytics would probably 
say as well, right? Like <laughs> Switch is still like the hotness, right? Like Steam Deck in our circles, right, is a a growing thing, right? But like mom and dad know about the Switch. Grandma knows about the Switch. And I think that has some real cachet to it. And Nintendo has shown its excitement and investment in indies with the the Nindy Directs, right? Like this is yeah. a big piece for them. Steam's coming though. Like uh, we just talked about the Steam Next Fest, right? You could play some of those on your those demos on your Steam Deck. You know what I mean? Like there is Steam also as a platform has a lot more quality of life features that Nintendo lacks. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a proper friends list, achievements. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, I mean, also, I mean, the badges, the whole thing, right? Uh, um, also, just ridiculous sales. Like right that, now that are harder to find on switch. Yeah. Right. And I don't, I don't think Nintendo does a bad job with Indies by any stretch, but I think the nature of steam just positions them in a, in a better way. Like, you know, and they have as much as switch has its fair share of Indies steam has stuff like, you know, uh, inscription Norco, um, citizen sleeper before your eyes, you know, but I'm before your eyes wouldn't be as good on steam deck. Right. But it's like, as much as switch has, good indies all these indies at one point have been talked about in game of the year lists right like for this year mm-hmm. and next and last year so it's like with that kind of name recognition in the indie scene like i definitely think uh like nintendo will have to keep finding things like sports story if that still exists right or like uh you know or like golf story let's say like yeah that, are exclusive to the platform that really are engaging fun experiences. And they do have that, right? They do have those kind of experiences. And and to be clear, no, I don't think many people are going to like just abandon their switches at some point. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not going to happen. Like, and developers aren't going to stop putting indies on switch, but it may be a little longer. It may, I don't know what that process is like getting it on switch. I know for in the AAA space, it is a lot harder to get their games onto switch. So I'm, more curious about the back end of this that we're never going to see on if Nintendo starts to feel that at all, because I would imagine the install base for the steam deck is not that high yet. It's just probably not with how limited their supplies are. So, but I, I, I guess my thing is I do think they are positioned to take over that space in the future. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. We'll see. We shall see. Competition's good though. You know? Yeah. Um, biscuits with Davey writes in and Davey says, What is it that keeps you interested in playing games over the long run? There is so much talk about the launch of new online games like Lost Ark, New World, and Halo Infinite, but it seems like I don't hear much about them after a couple months. Are you still playing uh, any living slash online games? I'm trying not to burp. And uh, what has kept you uh, coming back to a specific game? Uh, VA, we can start with you on this one because I know you're playing uh, or we're playing some online games that you really like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the number one thing that keeps me coming back is having people that are also interested in playing it. Um, I am very much a social... I play games for the social aspect of them a lot of the time. Um, and if I don't have people to play with, I am much less interested in playing that game, um, which is fun. It makes it, it makes it even more impactful when single-player games hold my attention because... You know, I, I go to gaming for, uh, yeah, for that social connection. And I mean, so that's a big thing. Also, just like in terms of living games, obviously the the content trail, the, the light, you know, the, the 
battle passes, you know, I, honestly, like a battle pass can make or break, um, you know, whether I'm going to sink time into a game, which I feel, I feel, um, I don't know what the right word is frivolous. No, I, I feel silly for saying that, but I mean, it, it is a truth. I think I look at like the Fortnite battle pass and maybe one season it's not as, as you know, there's not a skin that I really like in it. So I'm like less in, enticed to, you know, invest my time into, you know, that game. Whereas if it had an awesome skin that I really loved and I want to, I want to unlock, then I'm going to like be more dedicated and like, okay, I'm actively choosing to play this game to unlock this reward. Um, so that's a big thing with, with online games. Um, but yeah, I think it, I mostly, I think it mostly comes down to the social aspect as well as just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think like mm -hmm. MMOs I have, I need competition, I need a social interaction, and I need like rewards for participating in their ecosystem. For sure. Yeah. Jill, how about you? Um, so I'm so bad about this, just like getting really into something and then dropping it uh, because I have to move on to the next thing. Um, and I'm so interested in keeping up with the conversation and making sure that I, you know, know what's going on. Um, but there are there are some games that I I do keep sort of in my back pocket when I'm just feeling like you know I don't want to think about anything I just want to go into my little world. Uh, one of those being uh, Red Dead Online. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. surprisingly. Yeah. I yeah. just uh, I really enjoy. Uh, I play it wrong, I believe. Um, I I play it as role playing experience. So I get in, I set up my camp, I eat. I go like check my mail like it is living a life in the west uh ride my horse out and see what is is to be done I don't usually play like I don't usually engage in the like pvp stuff I don't really like to deal with other people I am just enjoying living in a beautiful world and a beautiful space um but another great example of something that maybe a lot of people are jumping back into right now is perhaps Fall Guys, because they did have their new yeah. free-for-all season last week. Mm -hmm. um, so I am reinvigorated okay. in that. Um, and getting a lot of, like, a, over this past week, I've been playing with a lot of the Game Informer crew as well, getting into uh, playing and getting up and that is another one of these things that Van Aken was talking about the battle pass is a lot of fun they they've really changed up a lot of that so now you've got like all of these challenges daily weekly monthly kind of challenges to get in and and make your bean look silly or have a animation or something and it is so I mean Van Aken's right it feels frivolous in a way but like I'm excited for my being to look like this. So right. I really have to get to level 30, you know? Yeah. Um, and then it's just a lot of fun because for Fall Guys in particular, it is not a overly complicated game. So I can reach out and I have reached out to a couple of people who are gaming curious, perhaps. Okay. Um, and say like, hey, I will play with you because they do have a like a squad. Uh, option or duos option um i will be on your team i will make sure we get to the next round you just try to figure out how to run around a hammer you know <laughs> don't let it hit you 
I will get us to the next round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that helps a lot of people get in too. So it is that that social aspect and and having some fun while you're playing with people and getting to feel this moment mm-hmm. with a bunch of people and that's what's happening in the universe right now and that's a cool feeling you know yeah. and i'm and also just being able to support this indie that came out of nowhere and blew up and seems to be doing all the right things so that's sort of where i am on long term games yeah, at the moment for sure uh it's funny that we're talking about this now as someone who is really jumping into Fortnite for the first time and being around people who have amazing skins and it's like oh i don't have any of that and it, <laughs> it is that kind of fomo a little bit and and that kind of stuff uh Fortnite, i know people don't want to hear it good video game very fun no build mode game changer um i think jill hit the nail on the head earlier though um because part of this question was if you don't remember it's like uh, but it seems like I don't hear much about these games after a couple of months. I think, unfortunately, that is the nature of our job. At least that's become my gaming habits since I've joined Game Informer. Is like, we don't have time to really like wholesale dedicate ourselves to MMO, a a, a, a fifty or five hundred hour experience, right? Because we do need to keep up. Y'all would stop listening if I was still talking about Halo Infinite right now. Like, <laughs> you know, like um, prime example, like John, right? John was all in on Endwalker, put hundreds of hours in to do the review, right? And then he had to move off it because like he also has to review other games. He has to be a part of the conversation elsewhere, you know? So it's like that part of it is is difficult. Um, and But when a game does stick, I feel like it makes it that extra special, right? Like, like... Like, for all the social reasons that they already talked about that I don't need to bemoan, right? Like, um, you know, I wish we had more to talk about with Halo other than, like, sadness. But, you know, um, I wish Lost Ark was on on Steam Deck, right? Um, But I just think that's kind of the nature of being in games media is, like, I think um, Ben Pack said it really well on his, like, exit interview with Hanson and Max, right? It's like, you have to be a an expert on two or three games know a little bit about the rest and then just like make it work outside of that you know what i mean and it's like that that really fits when you're trying to be on podcasts and stay up on twitter and stuff like that so i think that's kind of a niche problem right because most of you listening to this aren't in the industry um but i don't know maybe it's interesting it's still a problem you know if you this if you are the sort of person who is interested who is perhaps watching a video game podcast hello um, yeah. <laughs> you, you are in the community and you don't want to be the person who's like i'm still playing this game that's five years old that people are calling dead game right you know um yeah. versus and i don't know anything about what's going on with the new hotness uh because that would mean that you get sort of lost uh in the community yeah. so there is some level of got to keep up and games are it's like a fantastic problem to have. Games are not stopping anytime right. soon. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about how next, you know, next year is going to be an absolute banger of a year. Um, so if you are looking to play all of those amazing games, which are going to be amazing, mm-hmm. you don't have time to sit back and play your millionth, you know, battle against whoever you know doing the same thing yeah i do think there is something freeing though of letting go of that fomo Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And I think that's something I've experienced really for the first time since I joined GI. Uh, is this been this this lull right of games that June has been different, right? But between like March and the beginning of June, there was just not a lot. And it was this, oh, I can go play Halo Infinite for a little bit. I can try Fortnite. Like, I can go play Plague Tale. Like, you know, the, I, I don't know if I would have beat Rogue Legacy if there was a ton of other games coming out, even though that's like top five for me this year. That game slaps. Um, so, but there, I think there is a freedom to just being like, you know, Fall Guys sounds really nice tonight. Like, and just going and trying it out, you know? Um, so. You hit me but. up. Yeah, I would. I would love to. I have that on Switch now. I'd love to play with you. Uh, Do it. So yeah, I got it. I did get uh, one crown on on Switch when they they made it free. Uh, not bragging or anything. So, um, last one, and we will say goodbye. This is from Who Can over on Discord, and uh, they say I'm currently watching Summer Games Done Quick and have enjoyed it for a few years, but I don't speed speed run any game. Uh, is there any game slash genre you all enjoy watching on stream but don't play? Jill, we can we can start with you unless VA you got something here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are typically these games that I don't have time to play or don't usually get too deeply into. Uh, so probably like we had talked earlier about Cuphead being the kind of game that I am going to play. I'm going to absolutely love, but I know I'm never going to finish. Uh, that That's an absolutely perfect candidate because now I get to watch this game and I get to see some cool tricks about it um, while people are speed running and they do wild, amazing things. Right. Um, and they get, to, and you just get to see sort of, someone do magic essentially because i know how difficult that is i know that i i can't do it and to see someone just like oh this is totally normal i'm doing it with blindfolds i'm doing it balancing cups on my head like it's absolutely fantastic to see and i had the absolute pleasure today of checking out a little bit of the tunic speed run and it is so fun uh doing both the games that you don't watch or you don't play uh, to game a game that I have played way too much of um, and know particularly well and being able to see someone do something you're like, wow, I didn't know that that was an option. I How did you get here from there? Oh, I blinked. How did you end up in this area? I know is not connected. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. VA, any, any contribution here? Not really. Uh, no. I feel like I, I just watch. <laughs> I typically watch games that I play. I was trying to think. Um, maybe like chess, but I mean, it's that's like very, very, very rare. Right. Um, but yeah. Okay, cool. I think I think for me, usually I'm pretty sold on a game pre-release, right? Or if if someone I trust like Jill like brings it up, usually that's that's enough for me. But there are some where it's like, indie games um uh what was the game jill that uh it was the tet it was like the tetris dungeon not the one that ba talked about but like it was the roguelike you know what i'm talking about no it was I earlier no this year okay. grindstone grind mm, no, no it was that just came out recently um i think it depends on like on if i'm fully sold on a game or not i usually use twitch as another avenue just to see especially if it's like creators i I actually like so 
uh, which actually I don't love a ton of Twitch creators. So not anything bad, but uh, it's not. Ooh. Not how I, yeah, there's some spice. Sadnik Sadnik hates. That's (laughs) that's the title of this podcast. Sadnik starts flame war with unnamed streamers. Yeah. (laughs) And we put a picture of a couple of them. (laughs) But we, (laughs) let's blur out the faces, but like leave it close enough. We'd be like, is that, is that courage? Is that nade shot? Who's he talking about? Um, Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I think that's what a that's a good resource for that. But also, Jill brought it up, so go play Grindstone. That game rules. Uh, yeah, especially on Switch. So I think that's another episode. Let me check my watch. Yeah, it looks like it. So uh, episode six twelve of the GI Show or six thirteen? Uh, losing track. Um, but uh, yeah, this has been a great one. Thank you to Jill. Thank you to Brian Shea for joining us. Uh, we'll be back. Next week, hopefully, we'll talk about some news. We were going to talk about the Nintendo stuff, but that feels like old news at this point. So um, maybe news back next week. Uh, Who knows? A lot of fun in the future. But until then, thank you for watching. Be good to one another, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone.